Hey guys. Hey everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Living in Color with Amber and Pamela. <laughs> oh, that was a delay there. <laughs> <laughs> um we hope you guys are still surviving during this COVID-19 pandemic. Um, so before we get started, let's just kind of check in and see how we're doing. How are you, sis? I'm good. Today was not a productive Monday, um, but I got some things done finally. Um, so I'm hanging in there. What about you? Your girl's just trying to graduate, so I've been kind of, you know, trying to hammer out all the assignments and all the things that are necessary to do so uh, in these times. Other than that, I'm good, though. I won't complain. I could, but I won't. I should, but I won't. Well, that's good <laughs> to hear that. Um, oh, this is the last week of school, so like if you're like me, you have a couple of tests and then you're done. Um, so I don't have any tests actually. I am uh, finishing out clinicals for my degree, and so um, with everything that's going on and not being able to. I guess do clinicals in the normal fashion. Our uh, school, like many other schools, have had to come up with a very creative way for us to get hours. However, it is very time consuming. Um, and so it's, it's really kind of, I hate to call it busy work because I, I still find myself learning quite a bit, but still a lot of typing and a lot of all the above. I gotcha. Well, you know, I'm here for. Oh, we getting there. We getting there. <laughs> I'm here if you need me. <laughs> um. So, just as always, an introduction to who we are or what we exist to do. We really just get together to have a real conversation and discuss spirituality, career, and education finances and relationships as black women and how uh, mental health affects all of those things. So um, start us off, we always wanna jump in and talk about some of the things that are going on right now in our world. Um, so what, what's going on? What's going on today um, or this week? I think the biggest thing so there's there's been two things that have kind of been on the forefront. Um, one is how do we reopen things as a nation? And then the latest thing um, that I saw that really kind of just piqued my interest was the viral TikTok that went or that was posted to social media by the two uh fellow students from Carrollton High School in Georgia who pretty much thought, you know, it was a good joke on or a good joke to go in their bathroom and create, I guess, their version of what Black people are made up of. And since they've posted that TikTok, it's pretty much sent their world up into hell and burned into flames as it should have. Um, I don't I'm not going to say they didn't know what to expect because I feel like in the society that we live in now, people should know if you're offending anyone in any shape, form, or fashion and it gets online, it's going to have a negative consequence no matter if you meant it, if you were just playing, if somebody forced you to do it, there's always going to be a consequence. And for me, it just kind of puts into perspective that like people are just so bold nowadays racism has always been on the forefront at least i i would say in black and brown communities but 
now it seems like every time we turn around, somebody's doing something stupid to offend us when really we out here just trying to not die from COVID-19. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, to take it up on yourselves to create this DNA in a dirty sink, you know, <laughs> to say what we're made up of was just like another slap in the face and it it just it disheartens me because I have a child that's still having to grow up in this and I feel like for me it wasn't as prevalent I knew about it I was aware of it I was prepared for it when I encountered it but I'm not sure the children these days will have that same opportunity because they've just been it's just been overwhelming yeah yeah so i know that you sent me um that information to look at and i'll be honest i still didn't look at it i knew um just from social media posts and you know just a whole lot of people hitting up commenting on um the situation i knew that something had went down but i did not know the details of it and still don't um and so i'm just curious about what it was so what did the video what were they doing in the sink in the video so the girl stephanie and her boyfriend i don't remember the guy's name but they basically had different cups and it was like i don't know if you remember like the old school hospital cups they they were plastic but they were sturdier than like styrofoam type cups uh-huh um yeah and but it was a little bit taller and under these well first of all they had a piece of paper in the sink and it had niggers written on it and so they were like today Mm. we're going to show you how to create a nigger and so first of all they poured in a cup that was like no dad and something else that was like loves fried chicken and doesn't make good decisions Mm. And just all of these things as attacks towards Black people. So you knew they were wrong. It wasn't nothing like possibly went to a HBCU. Like, you know, it wasn't anything that wasn't, couldn't have been offensive. Oh, another one was like eating watermelon. Like, come on. You know, and surprisingly, some people are, are allergic to melon. But anyway. Um, these are just some of the things that they pour into the sink and got off TikTok acted like it was just this little good joke. And then overnight, their lives got turned upside down. So, of course, you know, social media doing its due diligence, contacted the school, contacted the principal um, and said that this behavior was unacceptable. Another day went by. Now they're expelled. And they can no longer graduate. Um, but I know for a minute there, before they announced that they were expelled, she, she as in Stephanie, the girl was just pleading everyone how she was so sorry. And her boyfriend's been a racist for so long. And, you know, she just feels like he has rubbed off, over, um, off on her. And she knew it was wrong, but she was just doing dumb teenage things. And her future should not be tarnished because of one mistake. Hmm. I'm just like, I have so what to- are your, I'm, I'm, go ahead. No, I'm just curious to know, like, given just that information and with her response, her, I guess her apology and her response in that apology as a parent of a child, albeit a black male but let's just kind of go with just being a parent of a child um as a parent how how do you feel this should be handled for for the child being stephanie so this is where there comes a difference i think in culture um i think mm-hmm. as most African-Americans, well, I'm not even going to speak on that. In my house, we we don't, I'm not going to say we don't see color anymore 
I wish that was still true, but I've had to have those conversations with my child. Um, but I've taught him the importance of respect and being nice to others and treating others as you would have them treat you. Um, background to that, I think if you, even if your household isn't educated on the types of trauma and history in Black people, everybody knows that Black people were slaves, our ancestors were slaves. So to say that, I think the things in the video that were said are part of the problem. Not that you made a stupid mistake, because we've all made mistakes. And I think it's more so that you got caught doing the mistake and you knew better. So it's one Mm -hmm. thing to have said, like I said, if you would have been like, let me figure out how to, I don't know, make a kite or something. And you were like, well, Asian people probably know how to make this kite better than white people. I mean, you know, you're still insulting somebody. And that's not okay. So I think it's more of a respect thing. In regards to how to handle it, I truly don't know. Because as a parent, I can't control my child's mouth when I'm not around them or their actions. Um, Mm -hmm. All I can do is continue to tell him the importance of being your own person. I grind that into his mind. Don't be a follower. Always be a leader. You know that these are things that we wouldn't accept in our household. So please do not go outside and do these things to anyone because you wouldn't feel okay if someone did them to you. Now, if you don't even take heed of those and you just decide that you go go out here and do something stupid, I can't really do anything but love you and tell you that this is a consequence of an action and this is why you should always think before you react or think about not being a follower and being a leader you could have stepped up and said hey i'm not participating in this this is not cool you know i'm out whatever the case may be um but i think accountability is something that needs to be taken seriously not at just as kids but as an adult look at society right now we got people talking about They don't even know, they didn't even know that, you know, the virus could be spread if you weren't six feet away. And I mean, just stupid things. You don't want to have any accountability for your actions. You want to hide, you know, throw the rock, hide your hand type thing. And that's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, just from what I've read about and even listening to you um, talk about how this even came up, what was what was done and your response to it, I still battle in my mind with two different um, thought processes as I think about it. Unfortunately, when you talk about black and brown people, especially um, African-American males, you get one time to mess up and that's it. That does define the rest of your life. You don't get a second chance a lot of times for a mistake that you may have done only one time. That is the uh, society we live in. And so, you know, the the idea of her and her apology saying not to let this one mistake be something that defines, you know, her future. Unfortunately, that happens to us all the time. Yeah. And it's something that we have to grow from, learn from, oftentimes things that keep us bound for years and years and years. But you think about the type of people who commit certain crimes and the privilege that they have. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately they can make that statement and it may just stick for them. Mm -hmm. So, and on one side, I'm like, you know, hold that person accountable, just like you will hold somebody else who was of a different skin tone, who may have done something just as um, bad as what they did to the same standard that you hold them to, like make it, do it, do it the same way. Right. But at the same time, we also know that the way our black and brown people are treated is not right. right. And so it, it, 
you know, I was listening in on a webinar um, earlier, maybe earlier today or yesterday, and it was talking about exploring racism as like a mental health challenge. And I almost flipped my wig. I was like, what? Say this again? I, I'm not even about to listen to this because I can't I can't get with it. Yeah. But it challenged me to really listen in to what these people were saying. And it it kind of got into that idea of how slavery continues, I guess I should say aspects of slavery continue to impact us as African Americans through generational trauma um, as victims of racism. But there is another aspect um, for perpetrators of racism and how that's passed down generationally and how that should be assessed as well. And I agree, maybe it should. But at the same time, it is not a, a out for people to do things as blatant as what that was. Like, I didn't even watch it. And I honestly, I didn't want to because I'm trying to keep myself in a pretty decent headspace these days. But no, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yeah. So. I think the whole thing with racism and it goes back to the general conversation that we continue having, like we're defending our traumas and our ancestors' traumas. Like, is it is it possible for us never to always resort back to slavery and racism? Absolutely, but there also has to be change in the world for that to happen. It yeah. Makes sense. Like we can't turn on the TV every day and see that another black or brown person has been shot. And just saw that too this week. Um, or, you know, someone was released from jail 40 years later after they were wrongfully convicted of a crime and evidence was that like, that has to stop in order for our mindset to even try to shift to something else. And that's not going to happen no time soon. It's just not. So that was, that was the forefront of things for me this week. And like I said, the other thing was the whole reopening the nation. And before we actually jumped on here, I saw that Georgia, Georgia's mayor who is one of the people who was like, I didn't know if you weren't six feet apart that it could spread um decided to reopen pretty much everything other than bars, nightclubs, movie theaters. Um there was something else, but I'm just like, really? How do, how does this even make sense? Yeah. And I get it. Don't get me wrong, guys. I I understand there are people out here unemployed, not bringing home a check and my heart goes out to them. But this is also why I feel like there should be some type of continuance of the stimulus checks. Like you did it once, you can do it again. That doesn't necessarily mean you may have to do it in July, but you can do it again if you need to. We're seeing that if there's a need that the government can surprisingly just come up with money to funnel all of a sudden. So why the pressure? I So there are so many thoughts that I have when it comes to reopening in general. And I, from a public health standpoint, um, without having what we call herd immunity or having something in place where we know there's some type of vaccine or there's something that we know will be impactful in us getting back to our normal lives. It doesn't make sense to just quote unquote reopen so that the economy doesn't fall. The, first of all, the economy has already um, experienced something worse than almost as bad as what we did um, back in the recession. So I think it can't be money continues to be the driver for this nation instead of humanity. Mm -hmm. And I don't know who I was watching. Maybe it was Angela Rye, somebody, 
somebody was so um, on point with the idea that, you know, you want to send people to work because their work benefits this country, but you don't want to respect that their life has value. And I was like, come on, somebody. But at the same time, the people who probably need to be at home are a lot of the ones who are wanting and requesting for things to open back up because either they're not getting a check, like you said, or their their resources are not as what they're used to and they're finding it hard to provide. And I also understand that and find, I guess find myself sitting on the fence because I don't have that story and I'm grateful that I don't. But I can't imagine what people who have been without work since March 16th or before, because some people stopped before, um, are going through right now. And even with the stimulus check, unfortunately, with the way the world goes right now, that may benefit you with a couple bills, but it won't help you through an entire month. And that's sad. Right. Um, so I think, I think these big industries and I call them the people who make the big bucks, big bucks, ooh Lord. (laughs) Um, I think it's imperative for them to start addressing policies like they've already been addressing. If you're able to give somebody free internet access for three months, then there should be some way where we can monetize it to a point where people aren't paying so much money a month for internet access. Or, you know, right now food is skyrocketing because your restaurants are down, your food pantries are low. So now they can drive the the market up on food. And because we, we don't have as much on the shelves as we normally do in grocery stores, so you can drive that price up. But who is that hurting? The ones who are already hurting. Exactly. So I, it's so hard and it's a, it's a very hard place to be in as a politician, but it's even harder to be in this situation as a politician who does not have all their marbles. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I, I, I think for me, the bottom line is if we don't have the necessary gear in place for those who are battling it firsthand with people who are sick, why why is this a solution to the problem? We don't, there's still so much of the unknown. And I think for me, if we don't have the answers, then we need to look at new, like, solutions and in no way do I think that's easy it's easy for me to sit here someone who's still working remotely and getting paid and not struggling um but I do think this this speaks to how we aren't prepared as a society for a lot and like you said, if we can, if the companies are giving away free things for months now, why can't we look at the cost of living being more, I guess, efficient for people? Um, I don't know. Okay. It, it's just an ongoing battle. But Absolutely. I, I don't think, and I just, I don't think it's a smart idea with there not being enough of protective gear out there for people to just be out here. I mean, just like the beaches in Florida, they <laughs> they open that up and then you have 14 new, 1,400 new cases overnight. That's insane. Yeah. Um, but also I feel like, again, it goes back to accountability of people. Like, you know, you're supposed to stay six feet away, but you don't. I was in the grocery store and there was a couple like literally right behind me. I'm like, the tape is on the floor. The sign is up here. They keep announcing it. Why are you so close to me? 
So yeah, and there's that. Yeah, I was just gonna say I'm 100% agreeing with you. I think there's still a lot of unknown when it comes to this virus. And now that the first wave seemingly has uh, passed us by, more people are wanting to kind of go back to normal because it's all over in some people's minds. Or maybe not even it being all over, but it's not that big of a deal because that's still a huge issue right now is it's not really that big of a deal. It doesn't matter who's passed away, who's dealing with it, who's in the hospitals, the amount of people in this U.S. as well as the world who have contracted this virus. That's not enough to get people's attention to make them understand that it's serious enough. And so I fear a lot of times for people's I don't I don't even know what to call it, but there's just a I don't know, something going on here where people don't think logically when it comes to things like this. I I mean, to me it's just common sense, but right. I I hesitate to say it because I'm like, well, I'm not trying to call anybody dumb. I'm not. I am saying that I feel like we've become so dependent on our jobs and our status as a thing to make us who we are, that that's the only thing that defines us as people. And that's the only thing that we gravitate to and our well-being, our health. That's not something that we hold on to with as much, you know, vigor as we do our status. And that's concerning. Yeah. I digress. <laughs> Me too. I mean, y'all hit the beaches. I'm gonna still be here. Yeah, I'm still here <laughs> as long as I can work remotely. I'm not coming out, but for necessities. So y'all can have it. <laughs> right. Right. Well, we can jump into some of our shout outs for this week. Um, I personally want to shout out a friend of mine. Her name is Erica Murdoch in Birmingham, Alabama. She is a seamstress um, who has done amazing work. She literally makes everything from from one piece of fabric into something phenomenal. And um, in this season, she generally is doing prom dresses and uh, tuxedos and all these little, all these amazing things for uh, people who are going to prom. But she can't do that this year because all that's been canceled. And so now she's turned her efforts into making masks, fashionable masks, and they are bomb. So I'm going to leave her information in the description box or somewhere where you guys can get her information. Um, Go check her out on Facebook and Instagram so you can see her work. Um, and, and of course I'm always about supporting black businesses. So way to go, Erica. I'm so proud of you. Keep doing what you do. All right, girl, Erica, I don't know you, but I'll go buy a couple of masks from you for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I have already put my order in, so I will definitely upload pics as soon as I get them. Cool. I ordered some from uh, my cousin's friend who um, has done some for me. So, yeah, support the Black businesses. If we can continue shining during this time and showing everybody our excellence, by all means, do it. So shout out to her. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that kind of goes back to like supporting our small businesses who are not getting the funding that they need from our government. Yeah. While Ruth Chris gets $20 million. I'm just saying. I did um, see that Shake Shack is giving theirs back. Now, I don't know if they're giving it back for real. I just saw that they said they would. And if they do, then kudos to Shake Shack. Kudos. Kudos. I just, 
I just hurt for all of these small business owners who um, have spent so much time and energy and all their blood, sweat, and tears to get things off the ground and literally receiving nothing. But anyway, I could go there, but I'm not. We just, I'm just going to continue to some more, support as many small businesses as I can through this um, pandemic and even after yeah. because they matter. All right. What's next, sis? Um, who else were we shouting out? Oh, um, so there have been a lot of viral videos going around about people coming up with these creative ways to make birthdays and graduations, weddings, engagements, and baby showers really, really special during this shelter-in-place order that a lot of us are under. So I just want to shout out everybody who has taken the time to make someone else's day special even during this current pandemic. Um, I mean, I've seen some ones that really have just made me break down crying because it's just so much negativity in the world. So to see these um, light, this light of positivity that's you know spreading across the internet, it does my heart good. So. Shout, shout out to all you people who are making other people's lives so special during this time. Good job, guys. Way to bring it in. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with that being said, I guess we can jump into our topic for this week, okay. which is, what is our topic for this week? <laughs> Seriously? No. <laughs> okay. Clearly, she's pushing us over. I love Molly. That's the room. <laughs> Today's topic is titled "Short Term Pain for Long Term Gain." There we go. There we go. Um. <laughs> well, I think there's a lot to be said for when in regards to that, but. I'm just going to start off by saying 2020 was a year where a lot of us came in with this idea of like 2020 vision. We getting it right this year. You know, I'm leaving everything that I did in 2019 that's over, that's done with. It was a tough year. I'm done with that. Coming into this year, we got this. I'm going, I'm focused. I'm doing what I got to do. And in four months, <laughs> a lot of us have found ourselves scratching our heads like, what is this? And, and, and how am I going to, you know, make all these things that I put down on paper that I was going to do happen? And I think one of the things when I think about like short term, just like short term loss or a short term setback. I used to think that everything that's going on right now is a short-term setback, but I realize it is for greater good long-term in that um, for me personally, knowing a I'm going to come out this thing knowing a lot more about myself that I refuse to sit down and take the opportunity to know. That will not only benefit me mentally and physically, but also financially, relationally, spiritually. I mean, everything that we talk about as when it comes to this podcast, I'm doing the work internally to be a better person every single day. And I think for me, while I'm so hurt that I hadn't been touched and I ain't trying to be like past PG-13 with that, <laughs> But what I'm saying is <laughs> I am a very, uh, I want to be in, in, in front of somebody or talking to somebody. I'm very empathetic. I like to hug. I like to um, be close to people and, and feel other people's pain and all of that other stuff. I love that. I've not been able to do that in seven weeks now. And it is lonely as heck. I mean, like, I have battled with loneliness so much during this whole 
uh, process, but it's making me a much stronger person to be able to deal and sit with myself, which I didn't know I didn't have the ability not to do until this happened. To mm -hmm. sit with thoughts that I have, to really process thoughts that I have and get to the root of some of those thoughts. I mean, when I tell you guys, for me, I have come to some bomb, very bomb <laughs> understandings of why I might even do the things that I do. It's been so profound for me because I know it's going to help me in the future. When we do start to get back to normal, I know that I won't do my relationships the same way. Um, you know, there are certain things that I will no longer do the same way, much like this pandemic is causing us not to be able to interact in a social setting in the same way ever again. And some people can look at that as a bad thing, or you could turn it and just find all of the positive light that comes from some of those things. I agree. I think the thing that you touched on was the fact that we have to sit with our thoughts and kind of process everything. And I'm going to go and speak out for a lot of people and say that that's probably been the hardest thing um, because you can't escape. I mean, you can in certain ways, whether, you know, you pick your poison, but for most people, we've become secluded away from everything that we looked towards to fill those voids. Um, I figured this whole time I would have my good days and bad days, which I've had, but I think growing up as an only child, my biggest thing was to always have tons and tons of friends. So I was never bored and I was never alone and I was never home. And that has probably been my journey for the longest, probably up until I went to college and then things started shifting. I started really understanding the value of relationships and friendships and all of that. So now I don't really have, I mean, it's me and my household. <laughs> my friends pretty much are not mm -hmm. in the same city anyway. Um, so it was important for me to be able to travel because that allowed me the time to go and do things with the people that I strongly care about. I haven't had a chance to do that. I luckily got on a plane in February, Valentine's Day weekend, and went to spend some time with my best friend who at the time was living in Jersey, but that was the last time I went somewhere before all of this happened. And trust me, by now, with this being close to May, I would have been somewhere again. Um, yeah. I think another thing is accepting the fact that none of this year is going to look like I envisioned. Like last year for me was not good, and we've said that multiple times. But I was one of those people like, okay, 2020, I, I got this. Like, this is going to be just greatness in the making. And not saying that it still won't be, because there are some things happening behind the scenes that are beyond amazing, and I'm truly grateful for them happening. But not knowing the unknown tends to scare me more so than anything because I can have all these plans. I can, I can expect things to turn out a certain way and based on what's happening. And then it's like, but wait, we got to take you on this path <laughs> to, to really get to the finish line. And yeah. I know you didn't think about it and I know it wasn't part of the plan, but I need you to adapt and adapt quick, quickly so that you can succeed, uh, succeed still. Um, I'm not going to say I've had tons of pain, but the loneliness thing is definitely, definitely, sorry guys, I can't talk. Um, <laughs> one of the 
one of the key points on my tears. Um, if I'm going to be 100 and transparent, I haven't been in a serious relationship in 11 years. That's not saying I haven't had situationships and friends and all these things, but I haven't had something consistent in 11 years. So to even be in this space, <laughs> I'm like Issa right now for y'all. If you watch Insecure, I have no man. <laughs> I got a job. And again, they are all still good things, but there's a part of me that thinks like, okay, so what happens when we come out of this? Because for anybody who has not been in a relationship in a long time, you oftentimes have those feelings like, am I prepared for this? What does this look like? Have I been alone so much that when someone comes around, am I going to be able to handle it? Um, or am I so set in my ways that, you know, it might scare them off or make them think less of me? Um, so I think the whole loneliness piece is something I'm still struggling with. I mean, I still cling to my friends. Amber knows, like, I'll check in on everybody and be like, hey, I'm just seeing if you're okay. Like, you need to talk, whatever, whatever. But I found myself more on social media, and that was something that I had shot away from, other than whether we were promoting the podcast or my blog or whatever the case may be. Um but that has increased and that was something that I really didn't, I don't take pride in because I know I can be doing other things. Um, I had a reflection moment the other night where, for those of you who know me personally, you know I started a blog a long time ago and I went to the first post I ever made. And at the time, I didn't even realize it showed me how many people viewed the article and it was like 35 and as I went through the other articles or the blog entries that I I wrote I saw that like sometimes there was like one or two sometimes there were none um but it didn't even matter to me because I was in a really good place and I enjoyed writing it and it was therapeutic for me and so that's something that I've tried to get back to um, whether it's a subject that I want to speak on, something that I'm feeling. Uh, but I remember just thinking, like, I created this website to inspire others. And then once I got inspired in a certain season, I let it go. And I, mm. I need to figure out why I let it go, but also how I don't let that happen again. Yeah. I mean, first of all, there was several words in all of that, honestly. And I think, you know, one of the things that really stood out to me is when you were talking was just that reflection piece of sitting with things and addressing things, identifying things in our lives, whether it be, you know, in our relationships or whatever, with our dreams and desires, business plans, um, you know, career plans, whatever that looks like for us, being able to sit down and not shy away from the hard parts about them. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to get, use other things that we do on a day-to-day -day basis to keep us busy so that we don't have to really deal with the hard parts of what um, of what's happening in our lives, and um, I don't know for you, I'm going to assume with about ninety eight percent assurance, um, <laughs> along with myself, that I don't know that neither one of us thought that we would be at this stage of life um, as single females um, doing life and, and figuring out life without you know, having a significant other or just someone um, who we do life with, whether we were married or not at this point, just 
having that person there that we do life with. And I know for me, when it comes to the romantic relationship arena, the thing that I have feared the most is that there is something that's wrong with me as to why um, this isn't working out for me or it hasn't happened for me. And I've watched and coached and sat by other people and all the above and, you know, continue to watch them um, be able to live out uh, one of my own desires in a way, I won't say in a way that I want to, because I think I have my own unique way how I want to do this in my own life, but just seeing it happening, happening for them and not for me um, made me sit with the thought of something being wrong with yeah. me. And when I started doing the internal work, I started to realize that that didn't just pop up because my significant other hasn't come into my life. That's something that's been, that I've been dealing with since I was a child. Um, and without really having knowledge that it was even surfacing that young, but it was, you know, if it, if it happened to be because my uncles were being killed or my cousins were dying or, or, you know, my family, men and my family were just kind of um, going all different types of ways and not really wanting to be family oriented. I was used to it being something wrong all the time. And so for me, I internalized that a lot and, and realized that a lot of times when things go wrong in my life, I'm pointing the finger at myself first. What did I do wrong? And when it comes to relationships, that's the same way that I, that's the same kind of lens that I have viewed them is like, okay, so what am I doing wrong? And in this time, I've had some time to sit and literally write out all the things that I feel like are wrong with me and all the things that I feel like are right with me. and when I look at the two lists side by side, it's really incomparable. Um, and I was like, well, I'm not trying to be conceited or arrogant or anything like that. But I was having a real reflection moment. And this brings in a spirituality piece too, because as I was writing in my journal about that process and what that did for me, the Lord just kind of reminded me how but I called you my own. I told you that you were the apple of my eye. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. So why would you be surprised that you have more stuff on the positive list, list than you do on the negative list? However, you've allowed these few things here to make you think that this is who you are, as opposed to some of the character flaws that you may have that you're working on, but that's not who you are. Yeah. And so I have really had an amazing, what I would consider a transformative moment where I'm starting to like me. I think I've loved me for quite some time, but I'm starting to like me. <laughs> like all that that entails, the good, the bad, the quirks, the things that are like, girl, you need to get that together. And the things that are like, Ooh, girl, you doing that? Like all of it. I'm I'm starting to really like it, and in the short term, it feels painful. It feels heavy. It feels all-consuming because all these emotions are coming up at one time. But I know in the long term, when it comes to somebody coming into my life, I'm not going to be always trying to fix that one thing that I think is wrong with me so that they can see me, but I'll always be who I am. And if they can see me, then they'll know what they have. But if they can't see me, then they've lost one of the best things that they could have ever had. Amen. And, and there it is. I mean, that's huge. So, I mean, personally knowing you, I know how big that is. Like they won't know, but I know how huge that is for you. And so I'm happy that, you know, you've had that time to do that. You and I have talked a lot about, like, we're all flawed and we all know this, but I think 
as people who are in a counseling therapy environment, we know that number one, we have to have self-awareness. And so, you know, I used to tell you all the time, I think the reason why I had so, or I have so much grace for people is because of the fact that I look at people's foundation first to see um, where they come from and how things have impacted them. And then I kind of, in retrospect, look at their actions and try to give them the benefit of the doubt. I will say in the past year, I've leaned more and more into the fact that Yes, I'm broken. Yes, I have flaws just like everyone else. But the difference between me and the people that have chosen to leave my life is that I'm willing to do the work. And I'm not afraid of facing whatever it is that has caused some type of complication in a situation that I'm in. But if you can't give me grace or show me empathy during that time, then that doesn't necessarily mean that you're wrong or I'm wrong. It just means that we aren't in agreement. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that that has me kind of move on knowing that it's not always me. (laughs) Like, like you, I kind of get hard on myself about what I could have done here and what should I have done in this situation. But just knowing that it's not always me. And I'm sure that applies to other people. Like some people just aren't going to see the benefits of having someone around that uplifts them or motivates them or pushes them towards something that they've expressed that they want to achieve. Um, that doesn't make you a bad person. That doesn't make you this annoying person. And so my hope for myself is like you said, when we come out of this, that I am better than I was when I went in for sure, but also I'm stronger on the inside. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love Um, I love this thought that a friend of mine, let me not even do her like that because she knows she's my girl, like biggest thieves. But one thing that she brought to my attention when we were having a conversation um, maybe a week or so ago was, you know, as individuals, you know, who go through life wanting to, this idea of being chosen, because that usually comes out of the relationship aspect. So someone choosing you and continuing to choose you day in and day out, we can really get caught up in this idea of being chosen, whether it's in our relationships, at our jobs, through social media, um, whatever the case may be, that we forget that we too have a choice to make. And so ideally it's that I just, I just don't want to deal with this because I don't want to go through this again. And we forget that, no, this time you go and you face this issue or you deal with this situation with new knowledge, with, with, you know, um, more strength, the strength that you were just talking about, realize I have a choice in this matter too. So I'm no longer waiting on somebody to validate me or to choose me. I'm also in this situation looking, observing, and recognizing if this is something that I even need in my life or that's even worth me choosing it. And for whatever reason, when it came to me, it was like a ton of bricks because I didn't realize how often we can get caught up in this idea of um, something happening to us versus what we are able to do and what we're contributing and what uh, and the confidence that we walk in or should be walking in, yeah, I should say. Yeah. That's good. Girl. Well, I don't know if Amber has anything else to add to the hot topic 
But if not, we're going to move on to our reflection and food for thought segments where we share a technique or book or some type of exercise routine or regimen that we um, have found joy in and we just want to share with everyone. So do you have anything else to add? No, we can move into our next part. Um, so this week, I am really just wanting to encourage everyone to just write. We've kind of touched bases on how beneficial journaling is for us, but that has been one outlet for me that has been amazing. I took a creative writing class this semester just as a way to give me a break and also sharpen my skills in writing. And <laughs> although it is not out yet, I, I pray it's coming. Um, I've created some things and, you know, shared with people specifically like children's books um, and received just this overwhelming positive feedback from it. Something that I would have never seen myself doing. I wouldn't have tried to do if I didn't take this class, but just living out these childlike thoughts and putting them on paper and creating stories or, you know, um, writing down something that really makes me think and pertaining that or matching to what's going on now in my life and how I want to either achieve it or address it um, has been so, so beneficial. And so, I mean, you don't have to have a special notebook to write in. I mean, you can just take some regular old college rule paper <laughs> if you need to and keep it somewhere for yourself. Um, but if you aren't journaling, if you aren't writing down your thoughts, please, please, please at least try it. And for those of you who do try it for the first time, let us know how you felt after the experience and what it was like and your take on it once you've completed it. Sounds like some good old narrative therapy. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. And kudos to you for for taking um, this time to really um, create, innovate, and do things that maybe you didn't know um, you were going to do, but they're flourishing in this season and they'll continue to flourish. So, so hats off. Come on, I'll receive it. Um, I would say, huh? I said, I'll receive it. <laughs> um, I will say that I definitely uh, have definitely done some of the same thing when it comes to writing. Um, I have I had the opportunity to be back home in the house that I grew up in, and so I have put my hand on journal on top of journal on top of journal on top of journal. I I have always written, and so. Um, one of the things that I have found to be an outlet for me is um, I used to write short stories that uh, pretty much took like random things that were happening in my life or random thoughts that I was having and um, incorporate uh, my spiritual journey with it. Mm -hmm. And so um I I started creating these really, really short stories. And lately I've been trying to um, put them out in creative ways. And so I, um, I did that on my Instagram last week. I just did like one of the short stories that I had. And it was so funny because it got people's attention, but then they had to read the whole story to get where I was going. And so it was fun to kind of see it play out um, 
And I enjoyed it because it brought me back to, like Tamla said, kind of like my childhood thoughts and, and a time where I wasn't impacted by everything going on around me. I just was, and I let ideas flow and I was, you know, it, I wasn't burdened so much by uh, things needing to be a certain way. Um, so that has been one thing for me. And then the other thing, I am reading this book by Darius Daniels called Relational Intelligence. It is an absolute game changer. And I know that if you read the title, ideally it would make you think of like, you know, just your relationship with maybe your significant other or your family, but it's talking about um, how to raise your relational intelligence. So basically how you um, enter and do relationships with people in general, whether it's your coworkers, whether it's a random stranger you meet on the street, um, for us in the mental health field, our clients, different people that you will come into contact with, how you um, may be interacting with them now versus how you could be interacting to make it a more um, positive experience because it talks about how relationships are really kind of the number one issue when it comes to a lot of the negativity that comes into our lives. And so I have just been enjoying it. I mean, I've been writing. I feel like I'm rewriting the book in my own words. That's how much I write when I'm reading. But it's been it's been amazing for me. Um, and I, you know, I'm just in support of that book. But if you guys have other books that you're reading right now during this pandemic, please feel free to um, let us know, message us, DM us, or send us an email because I am taking all types of suggestions in this season right now when it comes to books. Me too, just as long as they're on Audible. (laughs) (laughs) Girls just have selected (laughs) selective narcolepsy and when I read, I go to sleep. So Audible books are good for me. Nevertheless, please Know your strengths. That's good. Know your strengths. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> and reading it's anywho. Um, so we want to close this out with our affirmations. And mine is really short and sweet. Nobody really came up with it or said it. I just took it up amongst myself to kind of implement it in my life. And um when I found myself getting frustrated or angry about something not going the way that I needed to go specifically right now during this time while we can't really do much outside of our homes. Um, I've told myself to just stop and say, but you're doing the best that you can, that you can. Um, and so I want everybody to take heed of that because nothing about this is (laughs) as normal as we think normal is. And so when you feel yourself being down or frustrated or angry or anxious, just say, if you have to say stop, say stop and then say to yourself, but you're doing the best that you can. Yeah, that's so good. And simple, but so good. Like, it'll change your entire day. (laughs) (laughs) And certainly will, because you're like, you're right. You're right. (laughs) I am. Yeah. Let me go on to the next thing. Listen, I just wrote it down. (laughs) I just wrote it down. So it can be a reminder for me as well. Cool. Um, this week for me, affirmations, I, I don't necessarily know that I have an affirmation, but I do have this, um, this little quote from Kurt Franklin from six years ago that popped back up on my Facebook story timeline. And it really just really blessed 
my life, especially at a time like this, when we can find so many things to um, complain about or just be frustrated about or anything like that. And um, it simply says, God, on my best day, I don't have enough power to live on my own. Mm. I have insufficient funds, but you cancel my debt and I'm forever grateful. I, I literally sometimes just wake up in the morning and say those words because it brings me back. It, first of all, it um, humbles me enough to know that things could always be worse than what they are right now for you. Um, but then also that even on my best day, I still don't have enough strength and power to be good on my own. So it just, it's been so good for me these last three or four days. I've just been chewing on that. So I'm giving it to y'all for y'all to chew on too. All right. Well, guys, that concludes episode three. Um, we'll post our social media tags the um, email in the description box for this podcast, as well as Erica's information if you want to order masks from her if you're in, well, I guess if you're from anywhere, because the postal service still working. So hit our girl up. And about the same. <laughs> um, right. And, you know, again, share with us your thoughts, comments, feedback, books, or techniques that are working for you guys. And we will see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Have a great week. Bye.